This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Energy medicine helps rebalance the imbalances at the root of physical, emotional, and mental issues because the energy systems are foundational to our health on every level. Physical and emotional symptoms lessen greatly and often disappear completely as we peel away layers of traumas, emotions, and limiting beliefs, allowing you to experience an increased level of wellness and vitality. These improvements are wonderful, but there is something else something infinitely more beautiful happening on a deeper level. Paige Apgar has worked with clients for extended periods. She observed that as people release old patterns and the stuck emotions around experiences that have shaped their perceptions of life and of themselves, many subtle foundational shifts take place simultaneously. The process can best be described as a gentle unfolding of the self, not unlike a flower that slowly opens to the sun and reflects back the light that it absorbs. As her clients move through this process of unfolding, they become more in touch with who they are at their core, more attuned to their own higher consciousness, and more at ease with themselves and with life. Peaks of joy are experienced, sometimes for the first time. And the little stresses of life don't have as much impact. People who had once walked in with visible tension in their faces and their bodies move with a relaxed ease, and tension is replaced with smiles and laughter. Valeria Tellez interviews Paige Apgar. She is Eden Energy Medicine Advanced Practitioner, Certified Transformational Coach, and Speaker. Paige Apgar has spent the past 24 years exploring healing and consciousness and how to fully align with soul-level expression. Through her own extensive personal healing work and life transformation, she gained the experience and insights she now draws on in order to lead her clients along a path of deep healing that unblocks the flow of their soul's desires. Using a multifaceted, co-creative energy healing process, Paige assists her clients in accessing their deepest healing, their highest wisdom, and opening to the fullest expression of their soul's light. Meet Paige at soulslightenergyhealing.com. Here's the interview with Paige Apgar. In your own words, who is Paige Apgar? Ah, so this is, I, I find this to be such an interesting question um, and a bit of a difficult question, but what I, you know, what comes up for me right away is that 
we're always becoming, and I feel like I'm always becoming who I am. So I find it, it difficult to put, um, labels or descriptors or identify with specifics really also because this practice or this, I'm going to say process of becoming, which is also a practice in the work that we do, right. In our personal process work, but it's, it's a process for me of actually the undoing of a lot of these traditional ways of, of thinking about who we are and how we show up in the world and, and really getting back to um, our essence, the, the soul essence, which is that, that common thread that, that stretches through, through lifetimes, through all of our lifetimes. So, so this was interesting. You know, what I, what I think I can say is I'm a seeker. I've always been a seeker. I've always looked for what else, you know, what's more, what else is there to life? What's the bigger picture? You know, what's, because I have always felt there's got to be more than just the job and the, the house and the car and the sort of mundane aspects and more than even just religious practices and those things. You know, there's got to be more. So it, for me, that's been probably the guiding force in my life. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I'm a, I, I'm an energy healer. I have two beautiful children, so I'm a mother and, and I take a lot of uh, joy in all of those things. Mm. You mentioned becoming more of who I am. So that's a, a very interesting idea of way of answering that question. Can we describe who we are essentially, Paige? You know, that is such a good question. And that's kind of where I ended up when I was thinking about this is when we do get down to that essence, so much of it is felt, but it feels like at the same time, when we start to put words on it, labels, we sometimes diminish it. It's easy to do that because we are so much more, we are so expansive and it's something that you can step into and feel into, but can be very hard to, to put into words. Ah, I agree a billion times to that. Yeah. <laughs> but it can be felt. It seems like it can, right? Although it's not an experience. What we are, it's not an object. So it cannot right. be experienced anyway. Wow, what an interesting idea that we are actually not an object, who we really are, the essence. But the paradox is that we can experience everything almost by not being anything. We can become everything. Yeah, there's, oh gosh, there are so many different ways to look at that and different directions Mm -hmm. to go. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, we are very expansive. The thing, though, that also stands out is that at the same time, we do have lives and we do have jobs and we do have roles. So it isn't one or the other. It's both, Mm. you know. When you said being a seeker, that kind of, um, yeah, the question is, what have you found as a seeker of truth, from what I see, that you're looking mm-hmm. for truth? What have you found as of today, as of now? Yeah, right, because it's a constant process. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I probably would have a different answer every step of the way. And looking at where I am in my life now, I think what I found is that there is so much more to life, you know, than just these mundane aspects. And there's a whole world out there that's uh, the sort of the mystical, magical side of life that we can access 
and that we can bring into our lives. And we can kind of, you know, the more you go there, the more, the more that becomes part of your, your experience and part of your perspective. And I would say that, that this is, this is where I am right now in my learning and in my process is, is learning to be more in that, um, in that space, which is also about being more connected to, to essence and to open up to the, the sort of the, the, the mystery and magic that is all around us Mm. all the time. Is this something that is connected, this opening of, uh, let's say, exploration, being open to explore the more expensive side of life, does it take doing the work of healing? Are they connected? I I think it does to a certain degree. I think that, um, you know, so for me, healing is, is really an undoing of all of these things that we we learn through life that may be uh, blocking the essence, you know, blocking the flow of that essence. So, you know, if you have traumas and then those traumas are holding in your system, they become restrictions to that flow. So the healing work is, is really always about undoing these layers and patterns, the patterns that keep us seeing in the same way and experiencing in the same way and um, living in the same way. So I think that being able to to get to that place where we're able to be in essence requires some undoing of patterns. Um, and, and, you know, you can do that in so many different ways. A lot of people go into, um, we'll see a healer of, of you know, very different various types will try different therapies you know so many different approaches can get you there so mm. i would say that um yeah that also resonates true it has been my experience too the mm-hmm. more undoing i do through healing the more spontaneous i think i become That's, absolutely right? the more you mm. free up that yeah. That life flow, that essence that wants to move, you know, it really wants to move. Ah, yes, because it's free, isn't it, Paige? Yeah. Ah, completely free. And with that in mind, what comes to me is when you speak about patterns, I think about belief systems, I think about values, mm-hmm. I think about even personal needs. So I wonder if it is possible to navigate this reality without any of these conditionings, aren't they? Programmings, because that's the purpose, isn't it? To program us into being something that it's solid, that is consistent. Yeah. You know, again, that's a great question because we do have to have structure, right? We do have to have something. It's that left brain, right brain uh, situation, right? Where the left brain is bringing in all the structure and the logic and the systems and the right brain is that free flow where we tap into ecstasy and bliss and we know ourselves as so much more. It's really that same thing and how we let it play out. So when we become too reliant on the one, which would be, for example, the left brain side, then we restrict the flow of the other. And so it is this kind of dance, I think, that we evolve through in our own lives where we're always coming to a new place, right? As you go through any process and 
different phases of life or healing work that you do, you, you, you release things and you come to a new place. And then the definition of how you see yourself and who you are in the world shifts and changes a bit. It's like we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we are what we make ourselves with these patterns and structures, right? So the more we release them and create more fluid or flexible structures, I think the more we can access that flow. That really resonates in the sense of being natural because that's nature. We are nature. We are not apart from nature. Yes, absolutely. And nature isn't static, right? And we aren't intended to be static. Yes. So the idea, I love the word dance. I use very much use this as a metaphor or an analogy when it comes to life and um, when it comes to balance. I think that's the word that we often use, harmony Mm -hmm. and balance. And then I love the word dance for it. So it is a um, dynamic balance, isn't it? Finding the flow, as you said, I love that word too. And just being, huh, we have heard about that before in spiritual teachings, um, the middle way, just being between, neutral, Mm -hmm. not really taking sides. (laughs) And that's how, is that what you're trying to say, page two? Could you say that being in the middle or just going from one side to another when life presents itself? Yeah, you know, all of these are ways of of kind of giving structure to or defining something that's inherently difficult to define, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's just um, this is one of the things that I've learned is to to not try to define, but to be in a state of being and experiencing so that you're you're kind of feeling your way through you know where am I now Um, and then you might you know so it can be helpful that of course one of the reasons that we do define and come up with these things is that it helps us it's a good mental reminder you know where am I now and am I a little too to the left or am I a little too far to the right do I need to find but I also think there's, yeah, there's something about being able to, to, because so easily those guides that we set up for ourselves can then become locked in and can become too much. So um, for myself, I've found that I like to stay in just this feeling, feeling where I am. And then if something feels off, then I ask myself, well, you know, what is it that's off and where do, where do I need to shift in this situation. You talk about the soul, the soul and consciousness, those two words. Yeah, I wonder if they are separate, separate entities or separate ideas or again, one and the same. Yeah, um, you know, I, I can only speak from my experience of these things, right? So my experience is that the soul is a form of consciousness. It is, um, and that it exists as consciousness. I mean, and and I don't mean consciousness that's um, connected to a brain, right? This is, this is consciousness that's inherent in that in the energy, in an energetic presence. So yes, I think that they are the same. And I think that, um, you know, in the same way that with, with energy work, you know, we're always looking at the presence of consciousness, feeling into that presence of consciousness in the energy. So it's it's always there. So when you work with energy, you're you're um, you can, you're asking, you're dialoguing, I should say, you're dialoguing with someone's energy system, and it really is an interaction, an unspoken 
but very can be very clear interaction. How did you discover energy healing? And was it through your own healing journey? Yeah, it was somewhat. I think that I I had always known there was something that I wanted to do that, you know, I agonized and agonized forever about what I was supposed to be doing with my life or what, you know, I could never find anything that felt right for me. And um, when I moved to New York in 2004, I started working with a healer there and um, just through coincidences met her. And I, you know, had been drawn to energy healing before, but had never really found anything that resonated. And her work just blew me away. It was amazing. And it completely changed my life. I mean, it really just, it was the first time that I felt like things made sense, you know, that this all makes so much sense that, you know, it's holding in my system in this way. And now we shifted and changed it and changed it. And now my experience is completely different. And I thought, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. This is, this is how I want, um, to work with other people and to, and to work in the world. And I think I did have, I didn't have any kind of, you know, physical illness that I overcame. It wasn't anything like that, but I had such huge changes on an emotional level. And I think that's one of the big things that people don't really think about when they think about energy work. Um, so often we come to things because of physical problems or because of sort of what would be considered sort of typical anxiety or depression or things that are more in categories. But I didn't have any of those um, issues. I was just um, living my life but had recurring situations and recurring behavioral patterns and, you know, those kinds of things where you, you, you try so hard to break the pattern and it seems like it's just still there and still there. And I had these sessions and then it was just, boom, these things were gone. And it was amazing. It really blew me away. And I thought, how you know, it was like magic. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, that that was it for me. Was that the inspiration to become an energy healer? It was. You know, at the time, I was still searching for what I what my life's work would be, and um, and I did work with her and studied with her for a few years, and then I found the Eden Energy Medicine Program, which is the program that I ended up studying. That was a four year program. Yeah. I never heard about the Eden energy healing. Talk to me for a moment about that, Paige. How is it different from the um, Reiki, for example? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. That's funny because yeah. that's, that's what everybody always asks me. <laughs> is that like Reiki? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Eden is um, it's by a woman named Donna Eden, and she had a practice for a number of years and did some incredible work. And so she trains people to to do what she learned to do and under you know to see energy from that perspective. So what we do in Eden energy work is we look at um, nine different systems. So it's it's very comprehensive. Um, it takes in a lot of Chinese medicine, um, also builds on um, a lot with the chakra system. And, and then we also look at the aura, the electrics, uh, the radiant circuits, the, uh, we work with the five elements, we work with the grid and we look at, and we also look at a lot of different flows and patterns that weave everything together. So it's, um, and we assess, so it's a, a muscle testing assessment based approach in that way. I feel like it's, 
it's unique in that we can look at so many different aspects of what's happening in the system and we can assess so many different pieces and get a really clear picture and then and work on them from various angles, um, which I think is is a real benefit. And the other thing that we do that's different than a lot of other practices is uh, we give people follow-up work. So there's a real emphasis on learning what's happening in your own system and being able to work on yourself. So that's really important. So in a way, would you say that this modality goes deeper than Reiki? Your other energy healing? You know, I don't like to compare in that way because, first of all, because I don't have as much experience with Reiki myself. You know, I've had a few Reiki sessions and I actually did a, a level one training at one point, but but I don't feel like I know Reiki. You know, I wouldn't, be, wouldn't say that. I think that each approach has its has its strengths, but I think that they're all valid in the, you know, so some things are going to give you um a more in-depth picture of the various aspects of the energy systems. And some things are going to be more like with Reiki, more about just receiving energy and moving things um, and flows. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, like you said, I love that. It is different, like everything in life, isn't it? So diverse and beautiful. Yeah, so diverse. But then also, you know, I have to say, once you step into the world of energy, you know, you go in with your your picture, but like I, I always do with my clients, you know, we get this picture at the outset and then we set that to the side and then we start our dialogue with the system. And that's, that's where it really opens up. That's where it gets exciting Mm -hmm. and so fascinating. And because so much of working with energy is about, you know, feeling your way into it. And each person feels energy experiences energy differently. So they interact with it in different ways. So each person has their their own way of, of, of doing that. So there's so many different variables to take into account um, and so much that can come up. And it's, it's a fascinating world. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> it sounds like an energetic adventure, isn't it? It absolutely <laughs> is. You just never know. You never know where you're going to go. You know, you just, uh, I, I kind of leave it wide open every time and say, you know, show me, tell me what you need, because that's what we're here for. So tell me what it is you need most right now. And I just follow the energy and let it show uh, me. I love that. I know that it's extremely important to be open, to ask for support and have an energy healer like yourself or other people, a coach to support us in this mm-hmm. journey. I love that idea. And I have people around me, myself. What about for those who... Perhaps they're not ready to have guidance from other people. What would you tell them? Like, how can they guide themselves back to that dance of harmony that we spoke earlier, flow? Mm. You know, so much of that comes back to what people are ready for, like you said, and, and what they're you know, what they're open to doing for themselves, you know, it's the other piece. And those all kind of go together because some people are just more um, interested in doing it themselves. You know, they don't, they don't go to receive sessions and various, whatever the session may be, because they're, they're more the type to kind of read a book or read a program and apply it themselves and, and do their own thing. And I think that that's great, you know, and, and I think that we all 
ultimately find our way there through our own growth process. Um, but then there is the other side, which is people who just um, aren't aren't ready. You know, they're still a lot of times very much attached to the patterns that they're holding. So you can be not ready for a lot of different reasons. But um, usually, you know, from what I find is that it, it takes something has to either has to happen for them. You know, it can be a health crisis. It can be some other type of crisis or it can be this sort of realization that other people are doing X, Y, and Z and moving in a certain way and they're not, you know, it shows up in a lot of different ways, but it seems like it takes a push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then they either do it themselves or they go and do some work or they do a blend, you know, whatever it may be, but there is that moment and people, they do have to come to it themselves. It's so, so true. I have been witnessing people around me, my family members, and mm-hmm. how much they are attached to the patterns of yeah. doing the same thing. It's almost, it has to do with identity, isn't it, Paige? They're so yes. comfortable. <laughs> well, and that takes us back, actually, mm-hmm. to that first question of, you know, who are you? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, it's <laughs> how we define ourselves. It's how It's also how we understand our world. And there's a lot of fear in letting go of those structures because they help us define who we are in the world and how the world works and what to expect. And that that makes us feel safe. I love the way you said that earlier about structures are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that we need more flexible structures. Yeah, flexible and fluid and that ability to shift and, and alter, tweak our structures when it's when it's time. Right. Which takes being open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a realm that most of us are not ready to embrace, being open to life. Uh, and then another modality you have on your website under the holistic health alternatives, you have energy psychology, which I never heard about. So talk to me for a moment about that. Yeah. So energy psychology is a field within psychology and it encompasses different therapies like um, you've probably heard of emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT. Yeah. So there there are a number of different tapping therapies and anything else that's sort of within the range of combining cognitive processing with some sort of energetic piece. So that's the, the realm of energy psychology. So I practice both EFT and something called matrix reimprinting, um, which is sort of um, an extension of EFT. It, it kind of, it, I think it kind of takes EFT to a quantum level. So it's, um, it's a pretty exciting therapy. It sounds uh, incredibly inviting to me. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't engage in a lot of these techniques, I should. <laughs> Almost as a, I mean, I don't want to do it as out of curiosity. I don't think this is how we approach healing, right, Paige? Mm-hmm. So it would be my case. Like, oh, I want to have fun with this. <laughs> Just see what it feels like. Yeah, for some reason, it's not a calling. So it doesn't really, I don't get to do that because it's not... It doesn't feel right coming from that place of curiosity. Although, you know, curiosity can also be, I think, a great way for people to be introduced to things that they might not otherwise be drawn to. So like when you were when you were asking before about um, 
people, you know, moving forward and, and moving into healing processes or their own processes, curiosity really can be one of the big drivers of that, you know, and I do have people who come in and do sessions, um, you know, not a lot of them, but I do get some who are just curious. They want to know, you know, what is, what is this work and what can it do for me? And what else is really, it's a bigger question of what else is available to me if I try something different? That's interesting. I never heard that before. <laughs> like almost from my own inner self, <laughs> mm-hmm. that doesn't come up. But that's interesting how it's so true because curiosity has to do with openness. So that means Absolutely. you're open. Yeah. And it's more, it's lighter. It's more playful. It doesn't have that heavy feeling of, you know, I should, or I have to, or I need to do this healing work. Because so many people stay away from healing because it feels like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's something wrong with me and I need to fix it. Right. Right. No, I have to go sludging back through all the stuff and my baggage and this Uh, and that. People don't want to do that. (laughs) That is so true. And I find it to be even more true with men, like my husband. If I ask him to do the Reiki, I have somebody close to me. Then out of curiosity, he would do it. But then if I keep saying things like, oh, I think you need to become more patient or kind, whatever. So mm-hmm. he kind of interprets that as me trying to change him, that I'm not in acceptance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that one quite <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, and, um. and that's one of the dangers. Um, <laughs> you know, when you do a lot of healing work and you've received a lot of healing work and you open up and you think this is wonderful and everyone needs right. to do this and then you have <laughs> right. to tell everybody you should put this you'll be amazed at how much pushback there is. So, yeah, um, uh-huh. people don't want you to tell them what <laughs> they need to change, right? So the curiosity is a great piece there because it can really, it can open them up to things that they would otherwise probably not be open to. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I have tried many different kinds of energy healing even. And I find that it makes the body relax, but at the thought level, it doesn't change much. And I wonder why. All Mm -hmm. the healing that I have done, it's just kind of very, the body feels relaxed and there's a lot of uh, movement within the body. It can be felt powerfully. Yeah. But then the mind doesn't really change. There's nothing there. I'm still the same, (laughs) talking about the same things, doing the same things, which has to do with joy and love and all this stuff. Yeah. And I also think it has to do with the, you know, with the whatever modality you're doing, because there are a lot of different, um, energetically, a lot of different reasons that the mind might not change while the body is doing something else. So there are ways to affect that through the energy, you know, figure out which pieces. And, and a lot of times, let's say if there's, you know, a mind that's, if it's a lot of thought processing, a lot of overactive, you know, or a lot of energy in the sixth chakra, for example, or energies getting blocked, sixth and seventh chakra, fifth chakra working on processing. Um, so it can show up in different ways, but that that definitely is something that can be affected with, with energy work. So it might be very subtle too, right, Paige, that I can uh, perceive, I'm not able to really kind of point what those chains are. Yeah. And a lot of times it's a slow and gradual change. 
Um, you don't often have, I mean, sometimes people do, they'll just have that sort of one moment where they're just boom, everything shifts and they feel different in so many different ways. But, um, a lot of times it's slow. It's a slow, gradual, quiet change is what I, we call it. Um, this, those, those quiet changes that you look back on later and say, wow, I don't do this anymore. I don't have that pattern anymore. I'm not, you know, those are really the deep changes that we get. What comes to me is like gentleness, is this process of walking in the field, just in, in uncovering all the magic along the way. And getting to know everything at once. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Better. And I have a peer coach and she and I say that a real change is quiet. That's our mm, saying. I love that. Yeah. There's so much beauty. <laughs> there is. Right? There's so much beauty. Wow. Yes, there is. And and I feel like when we can get quiet also, and when we can get into those nice deep states, then we are able to open up to that beauty, to mm you know, what else is out there. What is the best way to connect with you, Paige? Just to go to my website. And um, I do have an email address there and phone number, but I also have a, an online calendar. So that's the easiest thing to do, to just set something up. Um, I do offer consultations, 20-minute free consultations. So I think that's a nice way for people to, because this is something that's new for a lot of people, I think it's a nice way for them to get a sense of who they're dealing with and and what what it is we're, we're actually talking about and would be doing. Um, and then I also just have a lot of information on my website. Yes, you do. And speaking of that, you sent me a blog post that really Kind of, I found to be very interesting because I never thought it that way, which now mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Energy healing from a distance. Yes. So talk to me for a moment about that, how energy healing distance sessions can be sometimes even more powerful than physical sessions. That yeah. surprised me. You know, it's um, it's been fascinating. So over the, the period of the pandemic, I've, I've done so much more distance work and um for the most part, distance work, you know, runs the same as a as a, a session in person. I do the exact same things I would do in person. I test and you know assess in the same way that I would in person, and then I you know the the session proceeds and I do the work in the same way that I would. So for me, um, there's really no difference in what I feel energetically from when I'm touching someone and when I'm working at them on them by distance. So the, what, what changes, what I've noticed is different or has been is that, um, we seem to in distance sessions go more into these sort of more difficult to define spaces, um, more sort of ethereal spaces. And I think that that gives way more easily to these higher soul level pieces, And it seems like they flow more easily to, between one another, um, these higher pieces and the more sort of mundane or physical pieces. And since sometimes because there's no physical barrier between us with the energy, it seems like it moves more quickly. And something that might take longer if I'm doing it on someone's body and it's, it's moving through a physical medium can go much more quickly in the in the distance session and also 
I sometimes feel like we reach higher heights, if you know what I mean, in distance work. It's like something like these soul level pieces can open up and they open up more, I don't know, in a bigger way. It's like they expand more quickly or suddenly it's there or just, you know, yeah. and it, it takes so many different forms, but it's been fascinating. It really resonates true to me as well. Maybe that's why I have these podcasts, these interviews audio only. Because it has mm-hmm. to do with uh, breaking that barrier of the physical, like looking at somebody yes. or looking at myself like as a, as a physical form and then getting caught up because the mind is so sticky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It does. It becomes this little bit of a barrier. And when we remove it, things flow more quickly. Right. I found that to be very much true from my experience, ordinary experience, hosting interviews. That mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Although... Um, Expanding to hosting these interviews, some of them with the video, like Zoom and oh, yeah. see what happens. Um, so far, I have done some of them. has been interesting to see that it's changing now. The mind's becoming a lot more stable and uh, um, stable in a sense of focused on the energy right. and not in the physical, the things that I see. That the yeah, absolutely. See. And then um, I have the ending questions for you, but I would like to mention also another beautiful blog post that is titled The True Gift of Energy Medicine. And there you say something that caught my attention. You, it reads, the process can best be described as a gentle unfolding of the self, like mm-hmm. a flower that is slowly opens to the sun and reflects back the light that it absorbs. Paraphrasing you. Mm-hmm. So beautifully written and described the way this, it's like almost a visualization of what the process is like with energy healing. So true. Would you like to make a comment, Paige? I would just say that that has been, you know, that is probably what drives me in my work is that it's such a beautiful process to, and something so beautiful to witness. Um, and it's such an honor to be part of that with someone. And it's the one thing that, you know, you can't tell someone when they're coming in, well, this is what's going to happen because you have no idea what's going to happen with each person. There are no, there's no way to really predict that. But so often, this is what happens, this unfolding of the self and this opening up of the person. And it's just such a beautiful thing to mm-hmm. witness. And and it, it takes people by surprise, you know. they It's it's not what they came in for. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of they forget that it's happening and then they realize, oh, you know, I'm just doing so well and I feel so good and da-da-da-da. You know, it's just this... Ah, it's really nice. (laughs) What is another word for life? It's another word for life. For me, life, um, does it have to be one word? (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) Flexible structures here. Yeah, okay. So it's it's an experience of being a, a one manifestation of of humanity one aspect of humanity um that's to me what what life is Mm, beautiful yeah using that word again beauty and my last question is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body before they die three experiences hmm to experience themselves, first of all, as as more than the body. 
that would be the first one to to know themselves as something more to be able to go into and these are all probably going to be linked but to be able to go into these higher states access them consciously be there consciously experience that when they want to that's one um, and the other one is is probably to be able to feel themselves completely connected to nature um, like you were saying earlier and I I also believe that we are we are nature we're just as much nature as the trees are and and we separate ourselves but when we can get back into that state of connection to nature it, it there is there's almost Nothing that feels quite like that. And it's just a beautiful, expansive experience um, that connects you to everything that's here on this planet. So those would be the things that I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I love your wisdom. And I love how easily that wisdom flows through you. Thank you for being you and for being open to life, Paige. Well, thank you. And thank you for doing this work. This was wonderful. So thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. Again, where can we find more information about you, your work, services, and future projects? You can find me on the web at uh, soulslightenergyhealing.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on YouTube and on the Insight Timer. So wonderful. I'm in a few places. Yes, I'll have your website on the podcast profile as well. Thank you so much again, Paige, for your presence. And we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Paige Apgar and her work, please visit soulslightenergyhealing.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.